the best of times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be, the best of times, your host, Gary Coligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Coligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only news magazine for mature adults in northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning in to our show today, but also thanking those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also thanking those who might be listening via the Radio Pup application on their Apple and Android devices. Also, those of you might be listening via the Keel app on their Apple and Android devices as well. In just a few minutes, we're going to talk about the availability of hospice care services in our area. So stay tuned to the show for some very beneficial and important information for you and your loved ones. It is Saturday, November the 16th, and we are broadcasting our show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre recorded, so we will be unable to accept call in questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the November issue of the Best of Times at one of our 522 distribution locations. I will tell everybody this issue is extremely popular and there are very few issues available at many of our 522 distribution locations. I have been receiving so many calls that why aren't there more issues at various locations? We do not know. We put them all out on the first of the month. And again, we can't we can't determine how many issues are at any one of our 522 distribution locations. So be patient. Look around. There are many places. Go to the Cattle Council on Aging, Bozier Council on Aging. They, we generally have a lot of issues there. You can also uh, visit our friends at Brookshire's, uh, Willis Knight and Health Systems, and Krista Shumpert has has some. So again, uh, if you can't find a copy, you can always go to our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues as well as this November issue of The Best of Times as well as to listen to previously broadcast radio shows here on The Best of Times Radio Hour. In addition, you can view and download the current 2019 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory, our most popular publication. It is also our most popular downloaded and viewed item on our website. Great news to tell everyone, the Best of Times received its the highest award, a Best of Show, at an international convention of senior and boomer publications that took place in Memphis, Tennessee. We're very proud of that particular honor. We were uh, in competition for over 106 senior publications throughout the United States and in Canada, and we're very proud of that accolade. In addition to this particular honor, we received 15 national awards in various categories of design, editorial, and layout. So we are very thrilled about that. Uh, we were judged independently by an independent panel of experts from the renowned University of Missouri School of Journalism, uh, generally regarded as one of the top journalism schools in the world. Uh, we again want to thank our writers, our graphic designers, our advertisers who make the best of times possible, and also you and others uh, throughout the area for your support. The November issue, the best of times, does have the details about our different 15 awards. I mean, we thank you for the many compliments that people have already submitted to us. But, uh, again, we're very proud of this particular honor. 
Also, one more thing. Thank you for attending the 10th Annual Senior Day Expo at the Louisiana State Fair. It was a fantastic event. We had a record attendance. Uh, we want to congratulate all the winners of all our fabulous door prizes, especially those two winners of a trip for two to Branson, Missouri. We want to thank the State Fair of Louisiana for, again, hosting this for the 10th year in a row and the many businesses and organizations and agencies who exhibited at our expo. Thank you to our friends again at, at Tri-City Fun Tours for being a prime sponsor and also donating that trip for two to Branson, Missouri. Uh, be sure to pick up the December issue of the Best of Times where you'll see various photos that were taken at the Senior Day Expo. Visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com for announcements made during today's radio show, as well as information about upcoming events, activities, and news that you can use. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, 10 and Country S Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A-Bears, Tending Country F Streetport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas, and I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show are two special guests is Dr. April Patton, who is a hospice care physician, and Miss Amanda Rogers, who is the administrator of Regional Hospice Healthcare Group here in the Shreveport and Bossier City and surrounding areas. And they're here on the show to discuss hospice care services. Thank you, ladies, for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you, Gary. So this month of November is National Hospice Month. And each this has been hospice month. Uh, designated for many, many years. I can remember when I was a hospice administrator like 20 years, more than 20 years ago. 25 years ago I was a hospice. Did you know that, April? I, I did not. I was a hospice administrator as well as a home health care oh, administrator. Wow. When it was very unknown in the Shreveport and Bossier City area. Yeah. yeah, Gary goes back a long way in this Thank industry. You very, thank yeah. you very much. Yes, I was a home health, but then the corporate said, let's do, let's do a hospice. Actually, the hospice was, uh, I was the administrator, but it was actually out of New Orleans. Very interesting how they concept but i had we had hospice care services administered through my home health care staff it high very complex deal but eventually after a year uh we decided they they sold all their hospices throughout the united states and canada and so we i don't remember who it sold to but it was sold so that just after one year of me being the administrator we continued everything else but the hospice was gone right so it was really short sweet but it was wonderful great services so in, and during hospice month uh, is is really uh, uh, to focus and educate more and more people. Is that right, Amanda? Yeah, a lot of times people are um, very unaware of hospice services. So November is National Hospice and Palliative Care Month. So we can bring awareness to um, people about hospice. Because one of the biggest things we hear in our industry is, I wish I would have had the service. Sure sooner and how can we do that we do that through educating and so this is a great month and a a good platform for us to be able to do that and talk about it and we appreciate you letting us come on the show to do that so we could educate your loyal listeners on on what it is because we don't want people to miss out on such a great service well that's the importance of being doing these shows to educate people not just in northwest Louisiana but east Texas and Arkansas we have a lot of listeners uh, throughout the throughout the catchment area it's I'm really humble we even have people listening on the the all these high-tech gizmos uh, that their iPhone their iPhone their 
iPads or Android devices and even on the Internet. So it's, you, may be, you may touch somebody that's in Nova Scotia for a we know today. Absolutely. So, you know, one thing I think that you need to emphasize is, you know, and one thing I've been very proud of regional hospice is you've helped dispel those fears. A lot of people have a misnomer, uh, their family members especially, is, you know, uh, those end of life. But hospice, the word hospice sometimes puts fear in people, right? Yeah. You know, a lot of times when we sit down and meet with families, they have the idea of what am I giving up? And what, why do, if I do hospice, what does that mean for me? And what they find out when we sit down with them is it's not what you're giving up, it's what you're getting. And yeah. we are the next level of care. And they find out that um, death is coming whether you sit down and talk to a hospice or not. We are all at some point going to die. But di- we're not sitting down and talking about dying. We're talking about living with quality. And this is about achieving that and how to achieve that. And so our conversations are focused around how do we give you quality and allow you to live every day to the best of your ability because this statistics show when someone comes onto hospice in an appropriate amount of time, you actually have a longer length of life, two months longer wow. than if you don't elect hospice. So we want people to get the chance to do that and, and, and change that perception. Well, both of you know that I'm a definitely an advocate of hospice care because I've had it I've utilized it for my family members, and I, t- it, I was very touched, even though I knew all about it. But when you get there, one-on-one situation, you really get to see the, the, the outcomes mm-hmm. and, and the positive in there. And I, I want to emphasize to our listeners, hospice care, and explain to them, is not just t- caring for the patient client. It's also the family. That's right. We have a interdisciplinary team approach. We have a nurse, an aide, a social worker, a chaplain, and then of course our physician, Dr. April Patton, that's here with us today, that are part of the care team that comes in to take care of the patients and the families because families want to have a chance to be a family and and not be a caregiver all the time. And so with hospice, Medicare pays for it. Uh, Medicare, Medicaid, and private insurance actually pay for hospice care to come in. And what it allows us to do is come into what the patient considers to be their home. That can be a home, nursing home, assisted living, any of those facilities, and come in and take care in addition to the family and the caregivers. And so, you know, hospice is not there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But our staff come in and make visits to help take care of these patients, allowing the family to get to function in a way that they would, but with support. And the patients are allowed to be in a, in a home environment. And, um, you know, like I said, we're a phone call away all the time. And that's that, That's critical. Dr. Patton, any any comment about that? I think it's just important to understand that it reduces the burden of questions and the fear of the unknown to have a support system, a lifeline, if you will, to call. And it's incredibly taxing and burdensome on a patient who's at the end of their life, who's going back and forth from the emergency room, the hospital, the ICU, and the trajectory is the same. So whether you're having that trajectory in the comfort of your home, surrounded by loved ones, Mm. with a nurse coming into your home, assessing and anticipating your needs, versus the hospitalization that's incredibly taxing not only to the patient but also to the family well let me add a kudo and in addition having a physician like you being a designated hospice physician right to come possibly see them absolutely and i love making home visits there's a certain intimacy about seeing a patient in their environment so that is a very uh, i must say unique but 
plus, value added plus to have a, a physician like you being a des- designated hospice care physician to take care of all the patients. And, and you, I'm sure you even counsel with the family members I as do. well. Yes, and it is equally rewarding for me to visit with them as wow. it is for me to go out there and, ass- and oh. them for, to assess me. Oh, my congratulations on that particular aspect. But that is a unique aspect. Many hospices do not have a designated physician. They may have a part-time physician. All of them have to have a hospice a medical director, right? They're all at Correct. least one. Correct. Uh, but most of them do not have a, a de- designated hospice care physician like you. Right. And this is what I do all day, every day. Oh. Yeah, and there's a big difference in having to take your loved one and sit in the lobby of a doctor's office to be seen <laughs> that doesn't feel like doing that because you're needing to get something for them versus the physician coming to the home and yep. seeing you. And so that's the difference in what that looks like. And it is unique to regional hospice to have a full-time physician under their roof all the time. Like, that's exclusive to our company. Okay. So I, I know a lot of people have some misnomers. Give us, give our listeners out there the basic definition of what is hospice and what is what it is, it is not to uh, explain to them. So hospice is for those that have been diagnosed with a terminal diagnosis and it is a lot of times people think, well, if I, I have to be in a dying process or dying uh, in six months, actually, when you're on hospice care, that is the prognosis is six months or less. But it's if the disease runs its normal course. And what we find is patients that come on to hospice care, they have such great quality care that they end up li- living longer than that. And so if you're on hospice for um, as long as you're declining in your disease process, you qualify to be on hospice care and that may be six months that may be eight months it just it depends on the the patient but it's like i said medicare medicaid and private insurance pay for this service and it is to allow that staff that we discussed earlier nurse cna social worker chaplain and the hospice physician to give you care in an in a home setting and a lot of times Hospice is viewed as an other people's service. Everybody else might need it, but we don't. (laughs) And so, you know, when you think about that, because nobody wants, that's the one thing we don't want to talk about is death, but it's the one thing we're all going to experience at some time, right? So if we look at this as how can this be beneficial to me in my disease process, because there are a lot of disease processes, COPD, uh, congestive heart failure, um, Dr. Patton, help me out, like so dementia. Any organ system, renal disease, cardiovascular, the dementia, lung problems, I mean, any, any organ system within the body can be terminal. So when they have said that there's nothing curative, that everything they're doing is for comfort, at that point it makes sense to have hospice look at you and see, hey, is this something you could benefit from? And, so. and that's, that's the aspect. Uh, so... In making that decision, who makes the decision to get in the hospice? I think that's the. Sometimes I hear people saying, "Well, my family members are going to force me into hospice, so I really don't want it." Is it the patient, the final say? So, if they're they're cognizant of that, yeah. If a patient is able to make decisions, the patient is who we are talking to. We're we are patient advocates, and we want. We like to sit down and meet with the patient and the family for us all to get on the same page for what we're wanting. And anyone can refer to hospice. That's a good point. Only physicians can write and certify for the patient to have a six-month or less prognosis and certify that that patient needs hospice. So we encourage people to let your friends and family know about this service, but you can refer them for us to come out. It's a free consult for us to come out and talk and explain the services. 
and see if you qualify for the service. And then we can reach out to the physician to get that order that we have to have to take care of the person. So you have the dialogue, as as, as you just mentioned, with the family and the patient. There is a team approach, and, mm-hmm. and, and you do a, 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 I would call it a, not an in-depth medical examination. Is it a full, in, full? It's a complete assessment, yes. And a lot of patients will wait on the physician to bring up hospice, assuming that the physician will discuss it when the time comes. And to be perfectly honest, a lot of providers are fearful of death and they're not necessarily discussing that with the patient Mm -hmm. because as a provider we're expected to fix people and we're expected to make them better and the reality is some patients are not going to get better and some conditions you cannot fix and so that is a reality that is very difficult to face as a provider so it's often avoided and the conversations do not happen so it's incredibly important for families and patients to be educated on the services that are available so that they may mention it to their physician instead of waiting on the physician to mention it to them at the appointment so dr Patton, that's the scenario where the physician or their physician wants to keep going doing curative absolutely and 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 it that curative will not will not, it will not change the trajectory and quite often the patient is dependent on the physician to bring up hospice when the time comes, and the physician may never bring up hospice because they may never be comfortable giving up. Oh, okay. So um, the, uh, the the other aspects, uh, and I had one lady was telling me uh, this. Again, you hear all these rumors out there, and you try to explain to them in four words or less, uh, but some of them get so complex. When I had one lady says, well, my mother's in a nursing home. And I, th- I think she's dying. And I said, well, why don't you contact hospice? And she said, oh no, they can't provide that in the nursing home. I'm, you know, I'm sure all the nurses there are providing it, and there's an attending physician that's taking care of or visiting her, and he's probably knowing if she needs hospice or not. So, have you ever had that scenario? Happen? Oh yeah, and I think that's what Dr. Patton was alluding to is the um, patients and families are waiting on healthcare professionals to recommend hospice when it's appropriate, and what we find are that healthcare professionals are. Uh, avoiding that conversation because they're not comfortable with it. But in the nursing home setting, which we do take care of patients in, we are able to bring in compounded medications and there are some added aspects and benefits of us coming in. We have the chaplain, the social worker, like I said, adding additional benefits to that patient in that uh, setting. And so that's what we don't want to happen is people missing out because they are uh, miseducated, don't understand what's actually what they can have and not making assumptions of oh well we can't have it because and so yes you can have it in the nursing home and it is it's very important for us to do that and it's not a substitution or a replacement for the care that you are paying for within a facility it's an additional level of care on top of the care they're already receiving in the facility and it's and tell them it's generally you will not be using the same staff you'll be using your own regional hospice group nurses and absolutely it's a new support system coming in in addition to the facility staff so it's an added level of care and then their loved ones going to be having more more passionate comfort care as well is that yeah because the aide can go and spend more time with your loved one than the aide at the nursing home because they have to take care of so many patients our aides coming in to specifically take care of this patient and spend more time if bathing takes longer because it's harder for this patient or whatever the needs are and so we're able to make a care plan around that 
So I want you to emphasize to my listeners out there who is the person that uh, that can determine if a person needs hospice service. If if a family members feels like their uncle or aunt or father or mother might could benefit benefit. Yeah. Who who do they need to do, who do they need to contact first? So the family can just pick up the phone and call Regional Hospice Care Group three one eight five two four one zero four six and speak with Ashley Moon or Vicky Larson and say that they would like to talk more about hospice and one of those ladies will come out and speak with them. Oh, that's that that's simple. <laughs> that's, yes, that, that, absolutely. That's very simple. You don't have to go through a lot of checklists and and no screening necessary on the phone, right? That's right. And you you. Go out and it's a free consultation service. I, I have a lot of people feel I don't want to do that. It's going to cost me two thousand dollars to get evaluated by by Doctor Patton and anybody else, right? Right. But no, it's not. It's, it's free. Not, it's free. So, Absolutely. And that gives them a second opinion, right? In a Absolutely. way, it's, it's like a. I just don't understand. Some people don't like these second opinions, right? Well, knowledge is power, and so we're offering you great knowledge for free. <laughs> for free. There you go. And also the knowledge and the gain of knowledge and the education. So again, we we were emphasizing that to you as well. Well, hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears Town and Country S Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Kaligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, probably presented by Abers, Town Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today are special guests, Dr. April Patton, who is a hospice care physician with Regional Hospice Care Group, and Miss Amanda Rogers, who is the administrator of Regional Hospice Care, care Group that is uh, operating in the Shreveport and Bossier City area, but also surrounding areas of Minden. Mm-hmm. And what other catchment area do you cover? Minden and... We have... Well, we cover Webster, Bossier, Caddo, uh, Bienville. It's a 50-mile radius out of our uh, office, our Minden office, that the area that we serve. So as far down as Cachetta and as far north as to the line... It's a big catchment area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you don't cross the state line. That's so, right. again, people from Texas, we're sorry. You, we're going to find you. You call them, they'll find you a hospice care services within East Texas as, we well, sure as, Ar- uh, as well in Arkansas. They're, they're network. They have good friends in all, all those particular areas. So, so going back to hospice care services, Amanda and mm-hmm. Dr. Patton, I still think the people, the people that I readers and people that come up to me and sometimes ask me uh, questions out of the clear blue sky. Uh, but recently, one lady was saying, "I don't want to put my my husband in hospice." I said, "Why?" Because they're just going to admit him and probably never see him. He's just going to die in a few months. And I said. No, 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 ma'am. They, they provide extensive number of care plans. Lots of services are going to be provided. She said, well, I don't think so. Uh, that's the thing. I don't think so is the factor that we need to educate more people that they, they think hospice care services is one service. Yeah, yeah. so when people feel like, well, if I go on hospice, they're just going to take everything away and um, leave my loved one to pass because that's what hospice is in their mind, it's actually completely the opposite of that. So let's talk about some of the things that you get from hospice. Um, you get your durable medical equipment, which is called, we use the phrase DME, a bed, wheelchair, bedside commode, and other healthcare services. You have to actually qualify 
to get these things. And hospice, we literally pick the phone up and order them. You don't have to qualify to have oxygen on hospice. So if you are short of breath and you've not been able to qualify for oxygen, but you meet the requirements of hospice care and become and getting on hospice, we order you oxygen. So and not only do we order all these things, we pay for it. It's part and, of the plan. And tell them about it. There's no. It's not the twenty part twenty percent copay. Right? No, there is no copay. So actually, at regional hospice, whenever you come on to hospice care, you actually sign a form that says you are responsible for zero percent of charges. Because people, when we sit down with them, they go, "Well, this is too good to be true. I've <laughs> got to pay something." And so we actually have them sign that form because they actually do not pay any. Anything. And so not only is there medical equipment, like I said, hospital bed, uh, wheelchair, bedside commode, not only is that included, but so are the medications related to their terminal diagnosis. So not only are we covering those, we're picking those up at the pharmacy, we're bringing those to the home, and we're educating them on how to administer those and use those because everything we're doing is to uh, provide symptom management and comfort to that uh, patient, but also education to the caregiver and family of how to do those things. So we also pay for that. We provide... So uh, go, go back, mm-hmm. explain, in case they need compounding pharmacy, which would mean yes. not, not a pill off the, off the shelf or in the bottle, right? Yes, yeah, so if somebody needed something that that was a compounded medication, let's say they can't swallow or it needs to be applied to the skin for whatever reason, then that is where we're able to get those compounded medications and bring them out because a lot of times people have never given those before, mm-hmm. and we teach them how to uh, give those and, and what the purpose of that is. Um, and we, do you want to, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's important to mention that it's an evolving care plan. So whatever medications you are admitted with, we're going to cover those medications related to the terminal diagnosis. And that's for the physician to determine what is related. However, moving forward from that point, any need that comes up that requires a new medication, we're going to recover that. If it's related to the terminal disease. So we're going to get in touch with the physician or myself if they're using me uh, to manage their symptoms. We're going to consult with the pharmacy. We're going to get it compounded if needed. We're going to then give it to the nurse to then deliver it to the home. And then the family will also be educated on the purpose of that medication, the benefits of that medication, and how to utilize that medication. Wow. That, that is a great survey. Again, that's at zero cost. It's providing us... I would call it extra value-added care, yeah. part of hospice care as well. Well, there was something that you said, too, that I want to clear up, too. It's a, it's a misconception. Dr. Patton said, with their physician or me, if I'm following in their plan of care, you can keep your physician. If that is your preference, when you come into hospice care, you will choose your physician. That's one of the questions that we ask the patient and the family. And so I wanted to make sure that people understand that because if they keep their physician, they are able to still go and see their physician. And that is not something a lot of times people understand. So I just wanted to add that piece. And but but also there's tell them the advantages of having Dr. Patton. Yeah, well, and having Dr. Patton as our medical director, she actually is able to work with the physician that you choose to keep. Or if you would rather have Dr. Patton manage your care, we have access to her 24 hours a day, seven days a week to get things very quickly and to manage uh, our patients very quickly because that's what they need. And so, um, you know, that's the value of having her there with us. And also, like we had said earlier, home visits and, home and visits things like that. Home visits are critical, yeah. especially toward the end. Uh, Ladder, ladder days of hospice, you might want to say call, right? Yeah. You, you probably inc- get more. It's incredibly important for the patient and for the families and for the peace and the reassurance and the support. 
and, and and being you know being right there for the patient, not having the taxing effort now at toward months or whatever to go back to visit their attending. Does it, is it taxing and some effort? patients are simply unable. For whatever reason, they are unable to go back and visit their physician. So we try to make it as convenient um, and with as much quality as we can provide. And if that means I'm going to the house at whatever time is convenient with them so the family can meet me there so we can have a roundtable discussion, that's what we'll do. Okay, here's the other misnomer we're talking about kind of plan of care is that let's say a hospice patient for some matter of reasons uh, ends up breaking a leg or having a hip replacement. Right? They can have those. They can. They and can. So physical therapy. So the, here's the misnomer that some people say, well, when I put my mother under hospice, all those therapy services are going to be discharged. Tell them. Right. And, and that is an incorrect statement. So with hospice, we can provide therapy. The goals are different. So... Um, typically in a nursing facility, the the goals of therapy are to get better. Mm-hmm. With a hospice patient, the goals of therapy are to maintain quality for as long as possible. So, number one, we have that. And then number two, if it, let's say we have a patient for an unrelated diagnosis, heart disease, and let's say they have some sort of accident and they do fall and break their hip, that that hip surgery can be covered under the separate part of Medicare because it's unrelated to that primary diagnosis. Okay. So those benefits are not taken away because they've elected hospice. So they can still have those particular benefits? Yes. Okay. And we have a respiratory, a full-time respiratory therapist on staff. So patients that are needing um, uh, respiratory therapy, Dr. Patton is able to uh, write orders for that and have our respiratory therapist go out and consult with our patients. So So, um, explain to our listeners what respiratory issues and respiratory problems that a particular hospital patient might have. I'll let Dr. Patton take that one. <laughs> so COPD patients, yeah. chronic obstructive pulmonary disease where they are short of breath or they're wheezing or they can't have, they have poor inspiratory effort. Um, these are things that respiratory therapists, just like a physical therapist works on strengthening, mm-hmm. respiratory therapists working on the breathing. Work on the breathing aspects. Um, the, the other aspect, of course, occupational therapy, sometimes patients and under hospice need that particular skill set. Yes, it's a very individualized care plan. So we start at the very beginning with identifying the goals for the patient and the family and taking it one day at a time from there and trying to help them achieve those goals. And how can we be a support to them? So, again, bragging a little bit about regional hospice care group, you have a a full-time hospice physician. You also have a full-time respiratory therapist, correct? Yes. And I heard you also have a... Uh, another particular specialty, oncologist. Don't you have an oncologist? Oh, medical director. Yeah, I know. Yes, we do. And we have we have other. Um, so, Dr. Patton is our medical director, and then we have medical associates or team physicians, or team, team physician, physician okay. that are part of our team. And so, yes, one of those is an oncologist, and then uh, we've got some uh, other physicians that are part of that team, and uh, you know they are able to step in and um, do, you know, do orders for us and take care of things for us also. Um, and I also wanted to mention that we have, it's very critically important to um, the, the families in our, it's Medicare requires us to have volunteers. And we have a volunteer uh, program. And so if anyone is ever interested in volunteering, <laughs> we are more than happy to accommodate you because Medicare requires 5% of our hours to be all of the uh hours that we provide to patients for our clinical staff, we have to match 5% of that with volunteers. And our volunteer coordinator, uh, Lydia Brown, has done a phenomenal job in terms of we've got some super cool volunteers. Gary, you introduced us to an amazing guy, John Story, that's uh, 
goes out and pins all of our veterans that yeah, are on our touching. service. Very and touching. It, it is amazing. And so, but we have volunteers that actually go and sit with our patients. And we've been very fortunate recently. Dr. Bolger in Minden joined our team as a volunteer. Oh. And he's actually gone and sat with some families. That and is touching. So, um, if you're needing additional support and care, those are some of the aspects of hospice that people just don't even realize are there. Well, so. I highly recommend it. And tell our listeners if they they or they have a loved one or somebody wants to volunteer, what's the phone number? Tell them the phone number. Um, so you would call our office at 318-524-1046, and you can ask to speak with Ashley Moon or Vicki Larson if you are interested in uh, any of these things that we've talked about. But the, the volunteer is really tough. It's really... Uh, uh, I would highly ad, uh, ad, advise people if you've got an extra time. There's so many things you can volunteer in the area, but the, the, definitely the impact of being a hospice volunteer is tremendous. Uh, according to my friend John, he's he's been very touched. He did not deal, knew very little whatsoever about hospice services, but he's a big promoter and he loves to help. And uh, it's, I think he's touched a lot of people, family lives as well as the patients. Oh, he yeah. has his service to our country first, and then yeah. to our yeah. organization and our patients. You know what's incredible is a patient with dementia that doesn't know what day it is that John comes in in his full dress uniform and wow, we yeah. pin them they know they remember those things and those are those are incredible moments and remind us of why it is that we do what we do well let's let's brag a little bit further you you do promote that about heroes and about uh, about your patients under hospice care that are that are veterans That's in the best That's of times right. and I've had a lot of veterans and their family members so proud that uh, that y'all I mean you care for a lot of different patients but you care for a lot of our veterans in the area yeah we are part of the we honor veterans program which is a national program for hospices and in that program it we identify when we meet with patients if they are a veteran Mm -hmm. so we can help them with veteran services that are local to this area it's homemaker services there are different veteran services that they may not be aware of and our social workers can help and we identify that for them so we become a resource for veterans to get things they didn't even know they had access to and I want to congratulate you for doing that because, according to my Fed friends in the, the VA department, that's the mo- where the Louisiana is the most underutilized of this particular service for veterans. You know that? I did not. We're the lowest, number fifty, in using it. I've been promoting it for years and years, but I'm glad we have people out there in the field and like like uh, regional hospice people and your staff and yourself doing that because I've been trying for many years myself via education, via articles and radio shows and everything. It's increased, but we're still not. We're still not even close to meeting uh, the, the, the situ- uh, situation throughout the. So I'm hopefully more and more people learn about it and access it. I mean, a lot of them, a lot of veterans' families don't want to use it. I, I, I'm, it's amazing. They they think it's uh, I don't need uh, I need it, but I don't want to get it. I'd rather pay for it. I said it's part of your service. You're part of what you've right. done to our country. You, we could give you back, and it's already allocated. By the way, it doesn't really cost it. Doesn't cost the government any more money. Okay, we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now work my sponsors and advertisers who make this radio so possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. 
Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Caligas. Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A Bears, Tenant Country Ish Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is Dr. April Patton, who is a hospice care physician, and Miss Amanda Rogers, who is the administrator of Regional Hospice Care Group here in this report in Bossier City area and the surrounding areas of Minden. So thank you, ladies, for joining us today. They'll be educated a little bit about hospice during hospice month. So one question, uh, Dr. Patton and, and Amanda, that I've, I get a lot is because I think people are definitely uh, family members and others, including some of my wonderful physicians out there, are, are uh, thinking that all hospice patients need to be homebound. And right? that is a misconception. Our The patient's goals become our goals. So if a patient has a goal or a family member has a goal for them to travel, we are going to do everything we can to get them feeling well enough so that that can be a reality for them. They do not have to be homebound. We do go to provide care in whatever home setting they are at, that they do not have to be bound to the home for to receive our services. And they can still drive around and yes. be transported. We and hope go, and that we get these patients on service when they are independent and functioning and full of quality. And, and the other misnomer was I had one lady say, well, does that mean my mom can't go to the, the, the family reunions now that she's under hospice? Well, you know, we're coming up on the holidays. We want you to travel. And what we have the ability to do is call a hospice that is where you're going to oh, and let yeah. them know that you're coming and coordinate a service with them. So if you need awesome. anything. So we are, again, this is about living. And so if we have gotten in there and we've gotten your symptoms managed, which we do, and you feel like going, we want you to go. And we will help make any arrangements for that to be able to happen That's for you. Super. Yeah. That is super. That's super. That is super. Okay, one other aspect that I think we should we should talk about it. It's the it's the yeah. And I I I found even though I was administrator and I knew all about it, I I did experience it. I I saw it and done. But the bereavement process after the loved one passes away was tremendous. I mean, it started initially with the chaplain and 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 sir, but it continued on for for many months. Yeah, so um, our families are given a year of bereavement support, 13 months of bereavement support, actually, um, when our patients pass. And we have uh, a newsletter that we send out that's got a lot of articles uh, about uh, grief and, and how to overcome that. We also have a um, bereavement coordinator that calls and talks to our families. And we've just come on the heels of a memorial service, Gary, that yes. you so kindly attended. It was touching. So wonderful. Wow. And the family members there were just... We're, we're, we're appreciative that their family member was remembered, you know. Yeah, um, and this was a very special memorial uh, to me personally and also to our owner, Tony Camp. Um, her her dad had passed away this past year and my aunt had passed away. And so we were able to memorialize the patients that we have been had given the opportunity to take care of, but also uh, let the families have an opportunity to, to remember them. And, you know, we held hands and surrounded mm-hmm. them in prayer. And uh, it was very special and so we you know we take that very seriously and so when you are on our care even if you're on our service for eight hours or you're on our service for eight months you get 13 months of bereavement care the wow. family does so it's an it's an important well, that's, aspect. it's exceptional i mean uh i'm not to, to knock my home health i've done that for years but 
if somebody dies in the home health, the home help the home health agency does not do any bereavement whatsoever. And many right. of our patients did pass away sure. under under home health services. It was sad. And before it was sad because the physician wouldn't agree and the family wouldn't agree to go to hospice. Isn't that amazing? But they ended up passing away under our home health care scenario. Right. We should have we should have moved them to hospice, but. There were there, there was a lot of other complications involved, so that that's the other aspect. Do you think it's underutilized, and why 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 do you think it's underutilized? It is it's underutilized, and it's because of uh, preconceived ideas about what it is, and also um, you know people feel like that it's just it's a lack of understanding of what it is, but it's also. We have to talk about where we really are in our disease processes, and we need these families to look at the physicians and look at their uh, people that are taking care of them and say, all right, hit me straight with what I've got going on. <laughs> I'm get, I, I want to know what I'm dealing with because I'm interested in hospice services. If that's going to be beneficial to my wife taking care of me or my husband taking care of me. And so it's moments like this when we're allowed to come out and, and talk about this that is going to help help people utilize this better and kind of take away some of that underutilization. And I think if we just keep doing this, I've been doing this for a long time, over 15 years, and it has progressed so far in the time that I've been here, but it's still, again, the biggest complaint we get. I wish I would have had it sooner. And so, you know, how do we keep doing this to keep educating and um, having these moments of talking on the radio? And, you know, one of the things regional hospice loves to do is come out and educate your church group, your civic organization. The um, 318-524-1046. Call that number and ask us to come and speak anywhere that you have got an audience that wants to understand more about what we're talking about. We are asking for those opportunities so people don't have regrets you may be listening right now thinking i've got a group that needs to hear this and i can't remember all of what i've heard we will come out and talk that's what we're here for i've got uh multiple people that are ready to run out and come speak to your organization so um yeah very good educators and they're very good presenters as well i've heard some of their presentations but uh, the other thing uh, listeners out there if you forget to write all these telephone numbers down uh, they're one of the one of our advertisers in the best of times magazine and so their phone numbers and locations are all in the Back, back side of the pages as well. So that's a quick way in case they're, not, they're jotting down while they're driving in the area right. uh, or fishing or someplace or doing some other particular item here on a Saturday morning. But we have a lot of people doing lots of different things by listening to me. And sometimes they're in their duck blinds. And I'm in, so impressed with their look. They're hunting deer. They're doing ducks because I had people that would email me and call me. I enjoyed your show. I'm going to go back to hunting. <laughs> that wow. Was, that was pretty impressive. Yeah. That, that pretty impressive. impressive as well. Okay, Dr. Patton, I, uh, I, I had a recent person ask me about his loved one being newly diagnosed with uh, severe cancer and is in tremendous pain and trying, they're getting all this chemotherapy, but eventually, if the, if the regime doesn't work and it doesn't, they're going to be needing hospice care. Is that right? Correct, and hopefully that would be sooner rather than later as far as enrolling in hospice and not waiting till the very end stage when they're near their stage of active dying that we get them on service. You know, the benefits from hospice come from having them on service for approximately six months. That's where we can really provide the quality that they deserve and that the families need and give the support 
that they have earned with their hospice benefit. So, unfortunately, what we often find is that we will get a what we call a hospice referral within the last 72 hours of life. Oh, no. And that does not give us adequate time to invest in the family and to give the medications that that they really need and try to anticipate their needs we're we're being reactive instead of proactive and you know they could have they could have been several months ago right when when the curative yes. care was not working right yes and there's a degree of transparency that i feel like we are lacking in the healthcare industry between patients and healthcare providers and it's not intentional but you know, there there needs to be a transparency from the provider to disclose to the patient the trajectory of their disease. And there also needs to be some transparency on the patient side of a willingness to accept that reality. Okay. Uh, that's a great point there because I want to emphasize to my listeners, you're not penalized if your loved one gets admitted to hospice and they're cured, right? Absolutely. No. And that's what people think. I'm going to move bad. The government's going to come after me, or the or the people throughout the area going to say we we put mother under hospice and then she got better after six months. And some patients do, and some patients miracles we feel do happen, right? Dis- Tell them miracles do a, happen. Yeah, they they could be on a um, progressive trajectory of decline and they get better, and so they turn they have more chronic conditions, not necessarily progressive, and we will discharge them from hospice. Okay, one other aspect about the, that cancer person. Is there continuing pain management? If what they, they're in, they're in pain. They're needing bolus. Yes. They're needing. Yes. Uh, they're needing. Uh, I just say narcotics, but they're needing having to keep their pain under control. Yes, we are very aggressive with symptom management, and we are not going to stop symptom management until they are comfortable. So that's that continues. There's the, there's the misnomer that people think once you're in hospice, bloop, that stops, and you're going to have to deal with the pain. Not at all. That is what we are there for, to get that's, all symptoms that, managed. That is fantastic. When closing, any other particular aspects, Amanda? And- um, well, we've got our Director of Clinical Service here, Christy McDermott, and she reminded me, and I want to say this, um, you worked very hard for this Medicare benefit that covers hospice. So take advantage of, of that because you've worked for it. And then also I didn't mention that the VA pay is also an aspect. So the VA pays for hospice. So Medicare, Medicaid, private insurance, and VA pay. That's fantastic. Thank you for joining us today, educating all of our listeners out there, including myself. I always learn something new when, y'all, when you and others come on my show again. Again, call them at 318 524 one zero four six, or you can pick up there uh, on the uh, information on the Best of Times magazine as well. Thank you for joining us today. Looking forward to having you coming again, and happy Hospice Month to all y'all. Thank you, Thank Gary. You. We'll be right back with more information. But now, we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio seven ten Keel, proudly presented by A Bears Tenant Country S Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour here on News Radio 710 Kiel. Thank you for listening to our show today. Hope you join us next Saturday for another interesting show that will benefit you and your loved ones. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of the best of times at one of our 522 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. And thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Kaligas, wishing you and yours the best of times, both today and every day. Have a great day. You've been listening to the best of times on 710 Kiel.
Join us again next Saturday at 9 for the best of times. This is News Radio 710 Keel, K E E L, Shreveport Bossier.